Hey everybody, welcome back to the Community and Purpose podcast, where we believe that the intersection of community and purpose is where the good life is truly found. And so you are finding us today, um, jumping into part two. So two weeks in a row, we are coming at you with great content about the Enneagram. And so today we are jumping into part two on the Enneagram about knowing others by using this tool to understand how people are wired, how you interact with them and how they are seeing the world, uh, which has just been an incredibly powerful opportunity for uh, us to sit down um, and to just realize it and to understand this is how we interact with one another and that there are differences, uh, but differences don't make us wrong or right. It just makes us different. And so knowing how people are wired, understanding how they work is such an incredible tool for us to be able to interact with one another and have deep and meaningful relationships to have great community and great purpose in our lives. And so... Uh, we are so grateful to be uh, joining you today, spending a little bit of time. We just encourage you to sit back and relax as we jump into part two of the Enneagram, Knowing Others. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Community and Purpose podcast, where we believe the intersection between community and purpose is where the good life is truly found, and we hope that you're doing great today. I want to welcome you back for another episode. Today, we are going to be jumping into part two as we talk about the Enneagram. And so, if you haven't heard part one, we encourage you to go back and listen to our last episode and listen to part one, which was talking about the Enneagram about knowing yourself. <laughs> and today, we're going to talk about the Enneagram knowing one another. Woo-woo. Yeah, knowing other people. And uh, so, it's just been uh, it's been a a great tool for us in not just in marriage, mm-hmm. uh, but also in parenting, also um, in the teams that we lead, mm-hmm. in the friendships that we have. Generally, in any relationship that you have, we've really found that the Enneagram has been a great tool to be able to understand others and how your relationship works with them, um, how you interact with them best. Right. And so this is a, this has been a kind of a journey for us, and so we are uh, excited to be able to jump into it and just hope that you are, are doing great today wherever you're at. And so um, if you haven't clicked subscribe, we'd encourage you to do that and uh, let us know if there's anything valuable that comes out. If you post it on social media, we'd be honored. If we see it out there, we would love to share it on our platforms as well. So um, we'll just jump in. Here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, Enneagram, there is a book called <laughs> The Road Back to You. That talks about your relationship with other people and how your Enneagram number interacts with each other. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we use our relationship as the example. Like for us right now, yeah. we, like it changed the way that we interact with each other when we found out. Mm-hmm. So you're a nine on the Enneagram, I'm a three on the Enneagram. Yeah. And so there is a chapter about each number. And then inside of that chapter, each one of them tells you how your number interacts with the other numbers. Yeah. And so we were able to read in the three section how a three interacts with a nine. And then in the nine section, how a nine interacts with a three. Right. And it was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me about, like, for you, what it looked like when we really honestly figured it out. Like, when we read the, those chapters and yeah. then, like, started having conversations. And, like, for you to understand me, mm-hmm. what was it What was it like for you as you just, like, looked back over? I mean, we'd probably been married 12 years when we started this. Probably. 10 to 12 years. And so to look back over 10 to 12 years of life together, mm-hmm. um, like what came into clarity, what like yeah. made more sense, um, as you, as you read that and learned about it. Yeah. I think a lot of things about you just made more sense to me, you know, like what, um, I think you 
you're constant, not constant, but you're needing to like always be working on a project. Like when I was growing up, like that was not a part of like our life. We didn't constantly like have projects that we were working on, but like it seemed like we got married and like there's, and like obviously we've lived in some crappy houses. And so like there's always projects that need to be done. But like also on top of that, like you're always thinking and like trying to do like the next thing. And so like things that I had never really put into like, like figured out what that was. And that's just a part of like who you are as an achiever, like wanting to be constantly like working on yourself and working in our life to like make things better. The thing that helped me the most was knowing that you were doing those things as a way of like showing that you loved me and loved our family instead of just like having a constant need to be busy. Yeah. And I think that that's just like, that's one of the ways that we differ. Like I, when we spend time together, like for me, I'm a nine. I like to just like relax and hang out around the house, like and spend time together and not always be working on things. But knowing that your your constant need to like be doing things was because you loved me and you loved our family and you wanted to see our family like move forward. Yeah. Yeah. What's one thing that you felt like was really beneficial when you learned how a three interacts with a nine? Well, I think the the big difference between a three and a nine is the relationship with conflict. Like, that's kind of what we learned from, like, just reading through that book. And so uh, a nine reading, like, is, like, trying, is a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. So, like, you are constantly trying to keep the peace in our family and, like, keep everything, like, level and flat. Mm -hmm. And, like, as a three, like, I don't have that same relationship with conflict. I don't love conflict. Like, I'm not, like, somebody who just, like, leans in and loves those things. But I'm willing to have the conflict because I believe that it like solves the problem we can move on so like again a part of the achiever side is that like for us to flourish we have to solve the conflict not just move past it Mm -hmm. and so like understanding that you naturally didn't want to engage with it was helpful because Mm -hmm. like it was just like what like does she not care Hmm. you know like when you would not want to engage like it felt like why would she not want to solve this problem? Why does she not want to talk this through? Why does she not want to engage with this? Hmm. And like to have read to read these words and say like, nope, like a part of a nine's wiring is that they want to keep the peace because they believe that that's where the deepest sense of love is. Yeah. And that's where their their safe place is. Mm-hmm. And so like to know that again, like what you just said, like the way that you felt like you were helping our family flourish and to love us the best was to keep our home a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. And to not have, like, people constantly in conflict. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to understand that was, I mean, earth-shattering. I mean, that's a humongous pivot. Yeah. Because, you know, like what you're saying, like, shifting from thinking that I'm just constantly, like, a compulsively busy person, like, I can't turn it off, to understanding that, like, really I'm just trying to build our family, like, set us up for success and to, like, make our family the best that it possibly can. Right. And then also, on the flip side... To not think that you're just aloof and trying to like sidestep conflict and not deal with anything, but actually you're trying to love and help our family to flourish by not constantly being in squabbles and yelling at each other all the time. Yeah. Like that was, I mean, those were huge things. And like, these yeah. are just like, like small examples. So like, no matter what, you know, you as a listener, no matter what your number is, like mm-hmm. there are specific intricacies to each number and each number interacting with every other number yeah and so like it is like it's a crazy crazy mind-opening opportunity and so if you're looking for a book to read 
whatever. Like I would say like the road back to you. I mean, it's very mm-hmm. marriage specific in the road back to you, but it applies to every, we use this in our team. Mm-hmm. So at the church that we run, um, in the nonprofit that we run, um, we use the Enneagram to help. So we, we've got people who on our team are nines mm-hmm. like you. Yep. Um, we've got a person who's a, an eight. We've got another person who's a three. We've got a couple people who are sevens. And so like, we're not going to jump into all of those numbers, but like, I can tell you that I interact with the people on our team that are an eight differently than I interact with a person who's a nine. Hmm. So like an eight is a challenger and is somebody who is like loves conflict. The best way that you can love an eight is to tell them the truth, no matter what, straightforward, honest, right up front. Hmm. And so when I have conversations with the eight on our team, like I can be, I need to be very direct. Mm-hmm. because the best way to love them and care for them and to let them know that like I value what they do is to give them direct and clear feedback. Right. If I did that to you or to another nine on our team. Yeah. That would be you, devastating. You'd fold. Yeah. And it would be just all like, it'd be shattering. Yeah. And so like to have like learned that it means that it's on me to understand mm-hmm. you yeah. and to understand those people around me better yeah. so that my feedback and interactions with them is actually like filling their tank. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to like, I think of it like the love languages. If you're familiar with the love languages, like yeah. some people are words of affirmation, some people are physical touch, some people are acts of service, quality time. Like if you keep telling a person who is quality time with your words, how great of a job they're doing, if they aren't words of affirmation, you're not filling their tank. Right. You're not speaking their language. Yeah. And so the Enneagram has been similar to that in just understanding like, okay, when we have conflict, I have to understand that this is an uncomfortable place for you. Yeah. And this is not where you want to be. And you want to be through it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And so when it drags on, like your anxiety level goes mm-hmm. up as the timeline goes mm-hmm. up as well. And so that, that's been really helpful. Yeah. And I think even just how a three and a nine C conflict are totally different, you know, like for me, like even when we feel a little bit off, like that feels like conflict to me. And so like that feels like, like, oh gosh, like we have to figure out how to make this better, you know? And like for you, that's just not that it doesn't bother you, but it just isn't, doesn't bother you the same way it bothers me. You know, like you don't lose sleep about it. You don't, you know, and it feels productive. Yeah. I mean, it feels like solving a problem. Yeah. I mean, like the way that honestly, like the way that I think about conflict as a pastor, I have counseling with people all the time. And like when I think about conflict, what I think about it is like it's like cancer in your body. Mm-hmm. And like you go in and you have surgery. Yeah. And you pull get the cancer out, like solving conflict and having the conversation and engaging with it. I view it like having surgery and mm-hmm. removing a something that is not good for you out of the relationship. Yeah. And like it's it's not easy to do that, but like that's just how like it feels productive to engage yeah. and do it. And that makes sense, yeah. But it also is like knowing that it's it's going to be an anxious thing for you, yeah. And that there's going to need to be some reprieve after it. Like mm-hmm. I can be over it in a second. Yeah. Like we solve a problem, and yeah. I'm like, all right, you want to you go on a date? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, so and, true. and you're like, I need to go, and I need like an hour or a night or a day to just like relax. Like I got to recover from this. Yeah. Deal. Feels very emotionally like draining to me. Yeah. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah. So like, I think it's, I think understanding other people is such a huge part of it. And like, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that like the Enneagram can very easily become a weapon. Hmm. And like, just knowing that like understanding that you are conflict averse, like in a selfish and like a non-respectful relationship, like it can very easily 
go to me and understand like Austin can win every fight. Yeah. Because totally. all Callie wants to do is get out of it. And so like we'll ju- we can just move on. Like I can just mm-hmm. win it and move on. But yeah. if you if you wield it like a sword and you just use it against other people, like that is not like the Enneagram is very valuable in edifying relationships, in encouraging people, mm-hmm. in caring for people. And if you want to use it selfishly, right. it will destroy relationships. Yeah. Like if you just want to use it to as a way to like slay people and to manipulate them in the way that they're wired it can be used that way but um it it really has it's been a really important thing for us to remember that in the midst of the enneagram that it only works inside of the context for us Mm -hmm. with the gospel right alongside of it like inside of a relationship with christ like is really the only reason that it works because if you don't add like the service desire and the the growth and the care and the love for one another to it, like it just doesn't, it doesn't help any relationships. And so like it, there has to be a mutual respect and understanding. Like it can't be, yeah. um, it can't be something that you use to slay people with. Yeah. That's a, like a slippery slope, you know, you have to be really careful, especially when you're a leader. Yeah. Because it also, it like, it's either, it's one person, you know, using as a weapon towards somebody else. Right. But it also can be damaging without Jesus, without the gospel, Mm -hmm. by saying, like, this can be just a badge of honor. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, this is just who I am. Like, this is just the way I am. Yeah. So, you know. Like, I'm just, I'm just like, uh, nope, I don't deal with conflict. Right. Look, I hate conflict. Or like, no, I just, I just do. Like, I just accomplish. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just an achiever. Right. Like, I just do things because, like, that's what, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, and so like looking at, as you look at the Enneagram, you'll learn like there's like baseline sin and baseline like tendencies towards mm-hmm. where you naturally relax. Your relationship with, with sin is like very, very specifically laid out and like understanding that like that's not who you are. I'm just an angry person. Right. Like my base sin is anger because mm-hmm. that's what yours is. Right. Yes. Like a nine's is anger. Right. And so like. Which well, most I'm, people like look at a nine and you would never guess that because most people would look at a nine and think like they're just like easygoing and go with the flow and whatever, you know. Because it's a peacemaker. Yeah. Like you're wanting to put on, on the mask and right. the facade yeah. that you are peaceful and right. that everything around you is peaceful. Yeah. I'm, I'm making peace at the expense of myself. Of your own peace. Yeah. You're giving, every every, you're giving yeah. everyone else peace at the expense of your own. Yeah. And like just knowing that that leads to anger and mm-hmm. bitterness. And so like you could just walk around and just be like, yeah, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just an angry person. Or like I'm just a prideful person. And so like those are kind of the two pieces that have been really, really helpful mm-hmm. um, in understanding what those things could look like. Um, and we said it on the last episode, just knowing like only you can label yourself. Yeah. Like only you can decide what are the words that speak to your number. Um, and it's difficult as you dive into this to not feel like, oh, look at this, look at this, like this is person is this thing. And like, obviously the closer you get to a person, the more you can know. Because I mean, like we said in the last one, you thought you were a six because of the inventory told you were a six. Right. And then through conversations with me and other people, like became fairly clear that you weren't a six, that you were actually a nine. Um, and so just being really clear in, in understanding that as you walk through this, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, and all of us have every piece of this. We're not, we're not a single faceted person right like we have all of these tendencies there's times where i just want to keep the peace and there's times where you want to achieve right um, but it's not kind of your innate wiring yeah so yeah 
there's somebody that I follow on Instagram. Um, her name is Sarah Jane Case, and she often comes out with these like different. It's so here's an example. Don't be surprised if one day I, and then she goes through all the numbers of the Enneagram. So like I always read the ones for like the people in our life, you know? So like the three is don't be surprised if one day I quit my job without notice and start a homestead. Come on. I love that. And idea. like I sent that to you because I was like, this is so on point for you. And like for- We had just talked about it. Yeah. We just talked about like, you'll just know when Austin's finished because yeah. we'll just move to the woods <laughs> oh my and gosh. build a cabin and just like homestead. Oh, and like, so then we also have someone on our team who's a four. And they're like very emotionally driven. And so don't be surprised if one day I, as a four, tell you every detail of my childhood trauma and what that means for me today. So like I always read through these to try to figure out like, first of all, I read the nine first to see like, is that accurate? You know, like, is that really the nine said, um, don't be surprised if one day I express an unruly amount of road rage while you're in the car. And I was like, well, that, that could be true, you know? So I always check, like, is it true for a nine? And I read through them, you know, just to try to see if I can get like better understanding. Like some of them are obviously funny, but some of them are like, like very applicable to real life situations. And so sometimes that might be like just a really easy thing that you could do to like help you understand the people in your life a little bit better. Yeah. If you're not a book reader, um, there are lots of like little, like just snippets, like Instagram channels Mm -hmm. and social media groups. Like I'm in a, I'm in a threes like yeah. Facebook group. Um, and so like just hearing how people interact with the world. And hmm. um, so there are lots of opportunities to be able to just have little snippets of information about each of these. But I'd encourage you to, to think through and read through it. I mean, The Road Back to You is a great book. We mentioned a book last week as well. Um, those are those are inside of the show notes. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to, honestly, if you're looking to improve your relationships with people hmm. on your team, with your family, with your parents, with your kids, with your spouse, with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I truly think that you can you can improve your relationship yeah. simply by understanding who they are better, how yeah. they're wired. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done it with our family. We've yeah. had our family take it mm-hmm. and got back some results that like we were a little surprised by. And like, yep, this is how I interact with the world because um, ultimately the way that you're naturally wired, many of us spend most of our time trying to not look like that. Hmm. You know, put on a mask and put on a facade that we're not actually that way. And so you might be surprised at some of the names and some of the numbers that people get um, as you you go through this journey. But um, honestly, I can't think of a better personality inventory that's been more valuable to our team um, than the Enneagram. Yeah. To the people that we interact with and just knowing knowing those stories. How do you feel like the Enneagram has affected the way that you parent our kids? Um, Knowing that they're like too young to like take an inventory and to label themselves per se. I mean, the personalities are still fluid. Um, Like they're they're starting to lock in. I mean, our teenager is probably pretty well locked into it. But um, I I think more than just like a specific way that it's interacted with a specific kid or whatever, mm-hmm. I think it's opened my eyes to understand that the way that I see the world is not the way that everyone else does. <laughs> Just to understand that there is differences in wiring <laughs> and it's not right and it's not wrong. <laughs> that like all of the numbers have value and all of the numbers um, have advantages and disadvantages and they see certain things. Um, understanding that kind of holistically has been been helpful in parenting kids because I mean I, I would say that one of our one of our kids is probably a six on the Enneagram and so is 
kind of his natural fear or natural desire and tendency is towards fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but also understand that like the six, the brilliance about the six is that the six will always be prepared. Yeah. They will never end up in a really, really problematic situation. Yeah. They will have walked through in their mind what is happening, what are the possibilities, what are the possible pitfalls. And that is an incredible gift to yeah. somebody like me who is a go, go, go. Like I will just like build the plane as we fly it. Right. Whereas totally. as like the, the six will like is the engineer of the world that will say like, okay, well you probably don't want to be at 30,000 feet when you are trying to figure out how the fuel is going to get to the engine. <laughs> yeah. Like, and realize that you've done it incorrectly and then the right. plane crashes. Mm-hmm. Like that is really probably the best example for me is understanding that like, like he will never find himself building the plane as he flies it. Mm-hmm. Like he will have thought it through processed it through he will know all the possible pitfalls yeah um and like and for me i like i don't live that way and so sometimes it's frustrating so sometimes it's like dude we do not have to figure out every problem it feels really negative to me but it's because i see it as shooting holes in a fun plan right whereas he sees it as safety and he sees it as preparation and taking care of the people around him right he wants to make sure our family is safe and Mm -hmm. doing things that are wise and sometimes it feels like like it's okay like trust trust dad and i that we've made a safe choice and a safe plan but like for him he's starting to walk things out in his head and he just wants to make sure yeah yeah so just knowing just knowing that there's different wirings and it's not right and it's not wrong, that it's just simply a different way of seeing the world. Yeah. And that we honestly need all of the numbers. Yeah. We need all of the people. Mm-hmm. One through nine, we need all of you in our circle. Mm-hmm. We need all of you in our world because yeah. the the well-roundedness of, of how people are wired is what is the beautiful thing of our world, is the beautiful thing of the body of Christ, is the beautiful thing of, of how we interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Because if we were all one style, how boring. Right. And, and honestly, like, if you had all threes, everyone would die. Because <laughs> there wouldn't be a six there to say, like, hey, maybe you don't want to, like, do that. Yeah. Like, have you ever thought that maybe that that would catch fire? Do you ever think that maybe that alligator would bite your arm up? Like, yeah. have you ever thought about that? Maybe the parachute won't open. You know, like right. those are the, yeah. like we need those people in our lives um, to be able to, to round us, to sharpen us, to make us smarter um, and better. And we're just better together. I mean, we, we say it a lot that like we're better. Community's always worth it. Hmm. And like we are, we, I, b- I believe that that's part of it. Like it's so easy to just say like, I'm isolated, I'm by myself, I've got me under control. Sure. This is how I see the world. This is how it works. And to not let anybody else into that relationship and into that conversation, like you have a very high propensity towards screwing something up yeah. because you haven't seen the whole thing because you haven't seen other perspectives and there hasn't been somebody else there to say like, hey, have you ever thought about like, maybe that isn't how you want it. Maybe you right. don't want to build the plane as you fly it. Like maybe you want to like do a couple test runs. Like maybe you want to check the air pressure in the tires before yeah. you try to land on them. Maybe you want to have a backup parachute. You right. Know? Maybe just have a in back, case. backup plan. Yeah. Yep. And so like that, those are like real like hypothetical, you know, examples that we're giving. But it's a real it's a real thing in 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 our team world. Um, so in our staff at the church, like there are things that. Um, so like you talked about, like just emotional awareness mm-hmm. from the four on our team. Yeah. And like there are times where we're in meetings. And she will look at me or say something to me 
and it will communicate to me that like I have emotionally bulldozed someone hmm. out of the desire to do something excellent, to do something like new and innovative and like something like we're just going to run over this. But like you just ran over that person's idea and like, I don't, I don't feel that because I'm not as in touch emotionally um, as she is. And so like, it's an amazing gift when she can like say something and just say like, well, yeah, but I think there's actually something else in that idea in that opinion that we just heard and I think that maybe we could readdress that or after the meeting she'll come into my office and be like hey just want you to know that you like you totally just steamrolled xyz person and so like for that to happen or like the aid on our team to constantly be challenging things and to be like sharpening things and saying like have you thought about this and like always asking questions to understand that is like is a huge need um, that I can hear their question and I can hear their challenge and say that they're not trying to ruin the idea. Yeah. They're trying to actually make it better. Yeah. And they only are speaking up because they love us, they love our team, and they love what God's doing here. Yeah. And so, like, those are really, like, it's easy to think that you're better off just being by yourself. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's another great example that the intersection of community and purpose is where the good life is found. Yeah. And community with other people, having people speak in and sharpen an idea yeah. um, is so valuable. And so we just need need a variety of people. And I think even with all those things, like knowing that we're on a team together at church, knowing like an important piece of all of it is just believing the best about each other. Totally. Like believing the best that like the aid in our team isn't just trying to pick apart my good idea or they're trying to make it better. Like yeah. believing that they're coming and they're really trying to help me instead of what it could feel like her, like the directness could feel hurtful to me, but yeah. knowing that that's not their intention. Totally. So I think that that's an important piece, like especially like in a team or in a relationship when you take the Enneagram or anything, just believing the best. Yeah. I mean, it's required. I mean, believing the best is required in every relationship. Yeah. Like if you're going to be skeptical, you know, like I I just heard somebody say, like, if you are going to go in with suspicion all the time, you're going to find it every time, Hmm. you know? And so like just knowing that like you have to go in like believing the best, like believing that people have good intentions, that it's not malicious. Right. And sometimes you get burned by that. Like, it's not a perfect system. Right. Like, sometimes people are malicious. Like, sometimes people are selfish, yeah. myself included. Right. Everyone has a bad moment. Right. For sure. But just, like, telling yourself that I want to believe the best in people mm-hmm. in knowing that, like, they probably wouldn't have, like, sat up to the table if they didn't really want to be in that moment, if they didn't want, if they didn't care. Yeah. And so, like, believing the best is really, that's a great, um, that's a great piece. So, yeah, I believe that just understanding other people, like, this is a great tool. Absolutely. And so if you haven't dug into it or maybe you haven't dug into it for a while, um, if you're looking for something else to, to look into to improve your teams, have your whole team take it. Um, there are free inventories online. Um, you can go and take them. There's resources all over the place. There's books to read. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a deep, deep hole to jump into sometimes. And so uh, if you are uh, kind of wondering, like, gosh, where do I start? What do I like? How can I do this? Um, feel free to reach out to us. So podcast at apexgathering.com is uh, the email address. And so we'd love to kind of point you in the right direction where we started. Um, even we could send you the link that we've used for the free inventory. Yeah. There's some paid inventories that are a little bit deeper that uh, have a little bit more um, accurate results. 
um, just because there's more questions and so it filters it down a little bit more. But um, if there is anything that we can do to help you and your team, um, there are also people um, that are a part of our nonprofit who do Enneagram trainings for teams, who come in and speak to teams to kind of walk you through kind of a master's assessment of the Enneagram. Um, and it has been huge for our team. I know it's been huge for um, some other people that have used that, that resource. And so mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, you can email us again, podcast at apexgathering.com. And we'll make sure and get you connected uh, with all those people. And then, um, yeah, I would encourage you to check out Instagram, check out Facebook, um, search for just the word Enneagram, um, and then you can put in your number. And a lot of times there's channels specific to to each of those. But um, we really believe uh, in the power of the Enneagram and that uh, it really, really is a wonderful tool to be able to use uh, to know yourself better, but also to know those around you better. Um, And it makes your team run well, makes your teams run better, makes more efficiency, and you don't have nearly as many conversations where saying, oh, that's not what I meant. Yeah, it's so so true. being able to say, like, this is what I said, this is what I heard, and to be accurately heard, and um, it really, really will build your team in a really special way. So I would encourage you to engage with it. Um, It will help you know yourself. It will help you to know others. It is not the gospel. It is not perfect. It is not the absolute end-all, be-all. It is simply a tool in the toolbox of life. And so I just want to encourage you to to engage with it in whatever way you see fit. And uh, we're just grateful to be able to be um, a part of it and be on the journey. And so if uh, this is helpful to you, I encourage you to share it with somebody. And uh, just share the show, share a clip, share a quote, whatever you want. We'd be honored if you do so. So we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Community and Purpose Podcast. Have a great day. Bye, guys.